Hello and welcome to Bullet Points, the podcast all about shooting games. My name is Edward Smith and I'm joined as ever by Reed McCarter. Hi. How are you today, Reed? Hi. I don't know, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, I think I'm good. How's everything over there in Canada? Uh, it's. I hate to be a stereotype here, but it snowed like two feet last night. Really? Yeah. Two. So have you. Hmm? Have you not? Have you not been able to leave your house? Are you snowbound? No, you don't understand. Ed. You don't understand Canadians. You shovel and you grimace, and you go. <laughs> you look at your neighbor next door who's shoveling and grimacing, and you go, "How about this weather, eh?" And then you both laugh. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Canadian way of life. Yeah, it's it's much like wife, wife everywhere. It's much like, it's like <laughs> wife all, all around the world. It's much like wife. In any place you may find yourself. Yeah, well, people, just, my, you know, grumble about the weather. My other co-host is Patrick Lindsay. Yeah, that's me. Uh, tell us about wife in the United States. <laughs> it's really bad right now. Um, if you've seen the movie Mad Max Fury Road, that was actually a sort of pre-Eshin documentary on America post-2016, <laughs> uh-huh. um, which is why it won so many Oscars, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. So... Um, I'm here to talk about shooting things as a way to cope with that. Oh, that is kind of more than ever necessary to distract oneself from the fact that, you know, the most powerful office in the world is potentially going to be held by one of the dumbest individuals in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not lost on me. Well, but you're talking about distracting yourself from a, a disconcerting situation by just unleashing aggression. At faceless yes. others. Look, I'm the American here, Reed. <laughs> I just, I just don't understand the mindset well enough. Well, are you just unleashing aggression at faceless individuals, or is there more to this game that we're discussing this week than perhaps meets the eye? We are looking, of course, at Super Hot by the aptly named. I think it's just Super Hot Development Team. Super Hot Team, yeah. Subar team, uh, which came out very recently, uh, and we've all played, written about, and I think enjoyed a great deal. Um, it's uh, an FPS where the sort of gimmick slash central conceit is that time only moves when you move. So if somebody shoots at you and you stop dead still, you can see their bullet in the air, you can see them stood still. At the opposite end of the corridor, and nothing will happen until you sort of make a decision and move or sort of aim to take uh, to return fire. Uh, it's an interesting mechanic, and it is perhaps worth discussing whether or not it lends anything in terms of like narrative, aesthetic, tone, etc., or whether it's just something fun to toy around with. But let's go first to Patrick with our standard general opening question. Patrick, super hot, thumbs up or thumbs down? Two two thumbs up. Yeah. Yes, this game is great. Um, it's the I mean we've like you said we've all written about this, but one of the things I talked about is the central conceit or mechanic, if you will, is so almost like comically simple, and yet at the same time, they manage to do something really I think special, which is extract the the core sort of nugget of what makes a shooter really great and entertaining to keep playing and they just made that into a game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Reed? 
Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm with Patrick on it. I liked it a lot. There are some pretty serious things about it. I don't. I don't like. But uh, I don't know. This game's cool and different, and mm-hmm. it's striking. You know, it's. I... We don't get many striking video games, and this one's striking. Striking. Mm. Uh, I agree with both of you. I enjoyed it very much. I think that I I like it because, as Patrick said, it's got this fantastic kind of... Uh, one of the levels, in fact, is called Elevator Pitch. And yeah. I imagine it's because people said to them so many times that you've got a great elevator pitch. You know, that top line, high concept, time when you moves when you move, that is just, you know... It's like the pitch, I think I mentioned in my article, for the film Speed, which is just like the strongest... Yeah. One one line pitch in the history of films, mm-hmm. uh, and shooter hot is uh, shooter hot super hot <laughs> is uh, is the shooting game equivalent. Um, okay, so let's let's kind of uh, talk about what it is about super hot that is perhaps different from shooting games as we've come to expect them over the past five or ten years. Read what uh, not necessarily just because time only moves when you move but just in terms of like general pacing and structure and how it quote marks feels to play how is Superhot different to shooting games as you usually experience them I think it's got this really cool thing I don't think I described it like this before but it's almost like a wind up toy where you're going through the levels and you're you're thinking a lot and you're kind of carefully because the time is is barely moving at all and you see the bullets coming at you and where you know the enemies are running out from and you're being so careful and positioning and lining things up and and then when you finish the level successfully it just goes super hot and then it plays it all at full speed back to you and it's this great thing where uh you don't see a lot of games like this where it's all of your thought goes into it it's enjoying to do the thinking and then it just like kind of just burst out a gate after uh, in this really acrobatic display of of you know incredible fast reaction time um mm. which i think is the thing i think that's the thing about this game is more than just how cool the mechanic is just to play around with when it's going slowly i think the the whole give and take between being really thoughtful and careful and cautious and then seeing that played back to you um, is it's a hard thing to describe in words but it feels really really neat and mostly like you know instant replays of you playing a level and things aren't that interesting to me no no but you get the distinct feeling when you're playing super hot of kind of it's almost like you're creating something as you go mm-hmm. um, you're building yeah. this replay sort of piece by piece I think what stood out to me on the same kind of note is that shooters I generally play them nowadays are very fast and you don't really you know the, the, the whole sort of goal I think of a lot of shooters and, and shooting game design is to sort of overwhelm the senses and sort of bypass the thinking part of your brain almost and just turn you into a kind of you know um, reflex test how quickly can you shoot these guys as they appear on screen mm-hmm. whereas super hot is in the other direction uh, and it encourages you to be very slow to not worry so much about reflexes and sort of twi- uh, twitch responses but to think your way out of the problem and to sort of take the act of shooting uh, slowly and by extension perhaps mm-hmm. more seriously Yeah, uh, Patrick your thoughts 
I agree with that completely, and I think that in a weird sort of paradoxical way, by slowing things down, you actually can better create a game that's conducive to these really weird sort of, not weird, these really bombastic, almost kind of twitchy moments. Um, Because if you think through the sort of standard, I guess, flow of a shooter, you'll have trudge through hallway, shoot a bunch of people, trudge through hallway, big battle, like big set piece sort of battle, do it all over again. So there are these sort of these sort of little pieces of really cool, holy crap, did you see that stuff that happened? But they they pad it out with all of this like trudging and shooting. Um, Super hot is just a hundred percent those moments all the time. It's mm. like if you could literally just make a highlight reel of every first person shooter or action movie, um, but just add to it the fact that you're creating all of this stuff. That's basically what Super Hot is. It really more than any other shooter I've played recently that I can think of makes you feel like you're a quote cool cool guy I guess mm, mm, finally um, yeah exactly <laughs> this is the, the game that we've all been waiting for well I think there's something in that because um, there's uh, a lot of games that you play and you know the spiel that you're given in the character background is you are XXX and you are the greatest in the world and then obviously in your hands as a, a normal schmo playing a video game who's perhaps playing it for the first time, that character is anything but. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Superheart, as you say, Patrick, you do always look, act, feel like uh, you know a very sort of capable uh, killer and, and um, fighter. And what uh, what I really like about that is they don't they don't kind of artificially create that by making you stronger than everyone that you're fighting or giving you weird abilities that other people don't have. It's not like you have, you know, a thousand hit points and everyone else is going down at a single shot. You're kind of on the same footing in that regard because mm. one shot or punch or whatever will kill you as well. Um, so it's a small thing, but I think it, not only does it make the pace of the game faster, which I guess is funny when you're talking about a game that's all about slowing time down, but it feels, and this is a silly thing to say, but more, quote, genuine in that respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reed? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that uh, like what Patrick's saying makes a lot of sense. I also think about the level design, too, which is very sparse, but um, mm-hmm. it's the setups for each level, because they're all separate from each other. You're just kind of in a scenario and you, you fight through it until you kill the last person is done but um like what patrick's saying about how it makes you the cool action guy you know every one starts with you know there's a great one that starts and you're standing in front of a bar and your first enemy is pulling a gun up to you at the bar Mm -hmm. you know and and then guys start running in from both sides and you're you're chucking shot glasses at them and you know another one where you have to there's a guy in a bathroom and you come out of the bathroom and you're throwing like pool balls. Yeah, oh, I and love that one. It's just all this great stuff where it's it's kind of a, a highlight reel, you know, of yeah. of the most crazy uh, action, not crazy, but just like you know, sort of standard high octane action scenarios. You know, I, you're fighting I, a prison yard at one point, and I think it's uh, fitting that we were talking about John Woo and Chai Yun Fat before we started recording. Yeah, um, because it's that exactly. It's like this is every action beat from a John Woo movie ever, like rolled into one game. Mm-hmm. They could have called it Super Cut. Yeah, they could. Yeah, you know, 
Uh, I on that same note, I think that the level on top of the moving train is is a fantastic one. The oh, one yeah. inside the the one inside the elevator where you're you're stood in front of three guys in an elevator and they've all got guns pointed at your face. Um, it's fantastic, and it is. They, they do such a great job of just instantly positioning you in these action scenes with just what's in front of you and maybe a few kind of on-screen words. Um, and yeah, it's it's a lot of... There's, there's no chaff. It's kind of you enter and exit every sequence at the latest point. It's, it's really, really sort of um, lean, I guess would be the word. Why does that work <clears throat> in this, though, when... I, I was just thinking about like if you did such kind of direct action homages and something else it might I think it's a kind of a fine line between just being like oh come on you know think up your own ideas mm. think up your own new scenarios and I wonder why it works in this one um, I think that my first response to that is that a lot of the sort of movie sequences that I see in a lot of games are very very closely copied so like the kind of Medal of Honor beach sequence is, is from um, Saving Private Ryan you've got like the Matrix lobby shootout at the end of um, Max Pay and things like this right yeah uh, whereas Super Hot the situations are I guess this sounds like a, an insult almost to the game but they're kind of generic it's not like necessarily something you can recall from a specific film uh, so it doesn't feel as much like direct copying it just feels like a sort of there's an action movie vibe there's something you know instinctively action film about it as opposed to like a direct copy um, but well, I think that there is probably another answer to your question that I've not quite got to yet well it's kind of like I guess the <clears throat> the less insulting sounding version is it's archetypes yeah you know? yeah yeah because so many action heroes go to jail and then have to prove that they're tough by, you know, getting into a bare knuckle brawl and, you know, or similar things where they're in the wrong place at the wrong time and they get ambushed. Yeah. And trains like are just fun for action sequences. Everyone knows that. One one of my favorite parts of the entire game is actually the very beginning of that train level where you start on one car, there's a guy running yeah. at oh, you yeah. on another car, and there's a shotgun kind of hovering in the air. Yeah, and you kind of drop down in between the cars and sort of grab the shotgun out of the air as you do so, um, mm -hmm. and then the guy just gets his like head taken off by the train tunnel, and it's just oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> I, I I think maybe there's something in terms of how it's distinctive from films and games that uh, emulate films. Is that super hot is sort of framed in a way that is quite impossible in cinema, in as much as it's absolutely fundamentally reliant on interaction. You know, the, the game at its core needs you to be impassive, or else it simply literally doesn't continue. Right. Um, so that immediately makes it distinctive from movies. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I. Maybe maybe there's also just maybe there's just something about it that I don't know. It's just kind of so good that I kind of just look past the fact that it is maybe at times derivative of certain action movie tropes because I just enjoy playing it so much that it doesn't bother me. Um, and I think that the worst thing that they could have done when you've got such a simple pitch as time when he moves when you move 
is to then put that into like these really complicated scenarios is to put that into really sort of detailed and um you know uh surprising and new areas i think it's better to put that simple concept in something that you recognize and then you're just yeah. kind of playing with you're playing with the with the concept as opposed to sort of playing with the levels i think that's why the levels are as you said reed so sparse and kind of um you know they're literally just white walls and i think that's just it, it draws your attention to the mechanic as opposed to anything else. I think that's what the game is fundamentally wanting you to pay attention to. Yeah, I was really scared the entire way through that it was going to turn into that, you know, the first handful of levels were going to be kind of just an introduction to everything and that it was going to sprawl out and yeah, uh, try to become more than just these set pieces. But I think it's great that each each level is, you know, it's essentially just one fight. You know, it's one yeah. one scene that you have to get to the end of. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, was, I, mean, I, th- I was dreading. Sorry, Patrick. No, go, go ahead. Well, I, it's only a short point, but uh, yeah, I was dreading. Well, not dreading, but sort of anticipating um, the game segueing from generic red enemies and generic white walls to real-looking people in real-looking environments. Right. Uh, and I think that a lot of it would have been lost if that had happened. And I, I think that that's partly because this game, and I think this bears mentioning, came out of a smaller project from a couple of years ago, um, because mm. it was a game jam game, um, and the original version, which you can play for free, will like you can play through it in like ten minutes. Um, and all they did was they just took that and they just kind of expanded. They didn't over-engineer it, which is a really tempting thing to do with mm. a situation like this. But I'm really glad to see that they didn't, because I think the game would have been way worse off for it yeah mm. well they did smart kind of additions too because i remember playing that prototype um came out of a game jam didn't it yeah it did the seven day fps right and i remember because this was you know floating around as as people saying this is really something you should check it out um but they didn't add a lot to it they added you know you can uh correct me if i'm wrong but they added you know the the thing where you can I think catch the guns in midair and throw them at people, mm-hmm. and it's just like these tiny little touches that, if they went too much further, it could have been, you know, uh, overly complicate something that doesn't need to be complicated. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. all they did was they added things that make it easier to enjoy the core conceit. They didn't do what a lot of people do, which is add things that end up burying what made your game really cool in the first place. Right. Um, they right. A- they added melee weapons and the weapon catching and throwing all of which make that whole original like let's be chai and fat just easier and cooler to do like one of my favorite things to do in that game is to because every time you hit an enemy either with your fist or an object you'll stun them and they'll drop their gun mm-hmm. and i just never got tired of doing that grabbing their gun out of midair and shooting them it just to me was one of the coolest things that you could do yeah Oh, it's great, and it looks great too when you get those replays where your character is, uh, you know, dodging a bullet and then <laughs> punching someone and grabbing their gun and shooting at them and then uh, throwing it when it's empty and then catching another one and uh, it just it looks it looks like you're have the fastest reflexes in the entire world when it's played back. Mm-hmm. It is. It's. Uh, I think I'll probably use this word in the article I wrote but it's balletic you know it's yep. kind of um, right. it's, it's very sort of dancey and uh, 
when we were discussing Chai on Fat and, and John Woo movies before we started recording, one of the games that we touched on was Stranglehold, and I said that uh, I enjoy Stranglehold as a kind of third person shooter, but as a, you know, it's positioned as a direct sequel to Hard Boiled. It's meant to be a John Woo project. He was the director and so on. Um, but it doesn't capture the sort of spirit of those films because it's very sort of piecemeal and shambolic and chaotic and there's no sort of grace to Stranglehold whereas Superhot is, is absolutely graceful um, you know you, you play an entire level without being shot you can't be shot and you know in, in a lot of shooting games no matter how cool you might look you're always like absorbing bullets and it looks kind of strange mm-hmm. whereas this is all about dancing around everyone else's bullets and you know finishing them off in like one perfectly placed shot and it is very very graceful very sort of choreographed um, but you're making that choreography up yourself as yeah you go. which is a hell of a thing when you think about it that that you could make that interactive you know and, and yeah oh yeah that's sort of what the the bullet time that uh, you know it was Max Payne the first to do that to kind of introduce um, that idea there probably was it, something before it there might have been some sort of like slow down mechanic but I, Max Payne yeah, it's something the first game to my memory. Yeah, that did that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, because I think the idea of bullet or bullet points. I think the idea of bullet time is is to capture that that kind of feeling of of watching you know Chow Yun Fat sliding down a rail in slow motion, firing two pistols and everything, uh, all the all the bad guys going down in in perfect perfect succession. Um, but that's not quite what bullet time is in games like Max Payne. It's it's sort of clumsy because you're running around like a maniac and then you're mm-hmm. slowing time out of nowhere and it, it's kind of neat, but it it doesn't feel as uh, it feels like a, a sort of a band aid solution. Yeah. Uh, when you think about it, it can lead to really cool moments, but I think that this game is all in in the slow down time. Uh, changes it completely. Well, this I think is a is a really interesting uh, paradox. Is such a pretentious and wanky word, but an interesting sort of paradox in big video game design because so many video games their kind of um, pitch and their sort of bottom line is you know we want to make you feel like an action hero, we want to make you feel like you're in the movie. Uh, but in most of those games, you don't, you know, because the the game just and, and the way you play. You always end up just looking slightly idiotic and kind of and kind of bumbling and uh, a little bit lost, and it all does feel very sort of ragged. Um, whereas Super Hot is, yeah, it's the opposite. Uh, it is a it is a movie experience, and I don't think games, despite a lot of kind of posturing and, and saying they are delivering a movie experience, uh, not many do. Or very few do. Um, because you you fail in games, you die, you make mistakes, you look ridiculous, you crash around kind of directionlessly, and that is the antithesis of films. Uh, whereas Superhot does feel very sort of scripted and choreographed, even though it isn't. Um, and that's an incredibly fine line that they've walked. It's very impressive. Well, yeah, and it, it makes me think about how this game pulls it off, the idea that to beat a level, you have to finish it. You have to you you'll die if you take one shot, so you have to essentially play it perfectly, even though that you know your approach varies. So perfect is different for everyone. Um, 
and other attempts to make things cinematic. You know, you look at something like uh, how Uncharted does these action sequences that have this great motion to them, but then you fail, and it's just kind of starts again without the momentum still being in place. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really strange thing. I think this is one of the few games that that does pull it off, and it kind of shows that wanting games to be like movies isn't appropriate all the time because mm -hmm. you wouldn't want every game to be as uh, singular as this game, as as mm. as unique and I, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I I think the ambition to sort of make games that are like films is sort of misguided and what it's been translated into is not to make games that are like films but just to make games that are very high production value mm -hmm. um, I mean that's what people mean when they say <clears throat> quote cinematic anyway it is yeah yeah because the essence of cinema is in you know editing and um, linearity whereas games by a lot of games at least by their nature are against editing and against linearity the camera in a game runs on and on and on and you know you can make the camera in a game look at any old crap for however long that you want, and that is the you know that's the antithesis of cinema. Right. Um, whereas, yeah, super hot. You know, it's not a complete sort of cinematic game in like the sort of pure, true philosophical sense, but it's certainly more true to the highly choreographed sort of, as I said before, balletic dance scenes of Hong Kong action cinema than any other games I think that have tried to do those kinds of scenes. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd like to talk about, and I think that this is this is really interesting. I'll, I'll throw it to Patrick on this one. Is just how super hot sounds because there's no music, and uh, well, I'll say what I think, which is that one of the things it gets right, which is so important, but that very many shooter games actually don't do, is just gun sound effects. I mean, the guns mm -hmm. in super hot are loud and they sound really powerful and they sting um, and I guess that that's needed or at least is an aid to offset the lack of a score Patrick what do you think of the game sound wise? Well when you have a game that has no music like this one does the sound effects are everything obviously and this game nails it because again when you're talking about creating an action hero type experience that's all part of it it's a very sensory thing, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, mm. And considering how, I hate this word, but how lo-fi the rest of the game is, yeah, you could easily be um, kind of forgiven, I guess, for thinking that the sound would not really be that high quality because the game's all about movement and motion, as we've been saying, but it absolutely is. Mm. Yeah, and there, the, the, the effects are, I think, fantastic. Like, you said the the kind of the sense that these guns are powerful uh i think partially because it's so slow so when you it captures kind of the recoil and these bullets flying like bursting out of the the barrel um mm. but the sounds even when you when you hit one of the mm. enemies they kind of shatter and when you Again, fucking gross. But when you get a headshot on one of them, their heads blow up real nice and make mm -hmm. a good mm -hmm. kind of half squish, half half shattering sound. I think if yeah. if I'm remembering it right, it's it's a good sounding game and just the sparseness of it. And when you get to the end and it just does that 
computer voice saying super hot and playing mm. it all and they do a good job making it seem like this strange hypnotic thing uh, with the the lack of music and, mm-hmm. and the sound well yeah, I mean that right. also ties into the game's plot as it is yeah that's that's something I'd like to get onto uh, later on is the plot is that's that's one of the things that I actually had uh, a problem with that's one of the things about it that I didn't like yeah I'm with you um, but talking about the sort of shattering effect, uh, yes, the uh, visuals are definitely worth mentioning because I, I had one problem, I think, uh, in my own kind of, <clears throat> again, slightly pretentious word, reading of Superhot. Uh, because I've said, and we've, you know, we've all kind of said, I think, in, in writing on this show, is that it's um, a game that kind of invites you to think more about shooting and it's very rare in games that you think about shooting it's very rare that you take shooting seriously as, as anything but a sort of passe um, action mm-hmm. and that's all well and good you know I, I like games that invite you to think about shooting even if they're inviting you to think about it as a mechanical action not as some sort of moral thing I think that that uh, thinking about it as a mechanical action vicariously makes you consider uh, the morality or the sort of impact at least of what you're doing um, Super ha- ha- Super has that, but it was slightly hindered for me uh, by the fact that you're shooting kind of faceless, generic enemies. Um, you know, when I think about games that invite you to consider violence or consider shooting, I think that one of the best things that they do those games is make it clear that you're killing kind of individuals and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the climax of Far Cry Two being you know the, the most resonant example of that um, so yeah I was a little bit kind of my thoughts were contradicted a little bit by Superhot's visuals Reed what do you think I'm kind of a two minds about it because they have to um, should we just say I usually we talk about older games so I don't know can we just talk openly about whatever because we're doing a critical yeah, thing yeah of course but cool, so. just to, to serve as a warning in case people haven't played it and they care. Um, but like it ties into the narrative that these are these red red guys are are supposed to be other players, aren't they? Or they're no, actually, they're I think not. that's they that's implied a couple of times, but it's never never mind. It stated. yeah, I don't think they actually are. I think I was. I think they kind of do a little red herring on that. Well, um, it comes up at the very end too, right? Um, but it is it does kind of tie into it being a computer program and everything I think that that these are faceless people which whatever I, I think the narrative hurts the game more than it helps it uh, most times but I agree I, I'm kind of with Ed on this game comes really close to being what I think of as as something that could be a really powerful shooter where you kill very few people but they yeah. they are people they seem like people rather than drones um and i i think that them just being kind of abstract you know colors running at you takes away from that or or mm. you know deliberately takes away from that and it would be interesting to see it done differently but i don't think that's what this game wants to do mm. no i mean it's, it's immediately visually very striking this kind of white on red and yeah. like you mentioned read the way that they sort of shatter into pieces like they made a glass or like a big glass statue sort of filled with blood or something. I think um, it looks fantastic. Oh, it's it, a great it does. effect. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to see 
you know how I felt about that game had I been shooting a different looking person every time. Um, Patrick, what do you think? Um, I again, I don't think that's the point of this game. I I no. think that I think that some shooters are meant to sort of pontificate on the idea of mass violence. This one kind of tries, but at the same time, it's sort of like, eh, this isn't really what we we signed up for. Um, mm. There's, it's worth. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it, but there's also a frame story. Um, where they talk about it's basically you're chatting to a friend online who sends you the game and you talk several times about how oh you're just killing red dudes or whatever um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of as far as it gets yeah. but and, and I'm okay with that honestly I don't really need to feel like um, I'm really digging into the guts of what it means to commit virtual violence because there are other games for that and I think that that sort of would necessarily grind down the momentum that this game has so I'm glad that they decided not to do that no I think that's absolutely true uh, I think I'm probably expecting well, I'm, I'm not really expecting but basically yeah the, the way that it plays so slowly and kind of so cerebrally uh, cerebrally yeah anyway, <laughs> the, way, the way that it invites you to think so much about what you're doing I think just sort of tacitly or as I said before vicariously um, encouraged me to to think about what I was doing again not in like a moral sense but in a very literal sense I had to think about aiming and shooting a gun I've never really had to do that in shooting well I think um, it's isn't it testament to how unique uh, the the style of play the design is here that you can start thinking about well what if the game was a, a different game that used the same framework Yeah, you know because it does certain things so well that you know, I, I don't think it's wrong to imagine what it is. I don't think this game's trying to say much about violence, but but you can imagine how they could do this in a completely different uh, uh, audiovisual aesthetic, you know, mm. and mm. and use the same mechanics to tell a completely different kind of story to make you feel something different. Yeah, you absolutely could. Um, you absolutely could. But yes, I don't think this was the game that was trying to do that. Um, Talking then about the story, because I think it is the game's weakest part, I'll give a kind of, <clears throat> as best as I can, brief synopsis, because I think it's left deliberately sort of vague and, and transient, the story. Uh, but you're a kind of unnamed, not exactly hacker, but sort of, you know, deep web inhabitant, I guess, some sort of computer guy. And you're sent superhot.exe by a friend who says it's like this great game or something that he's been playing, and you start playing it. And it becomes apparent that the game is being used by some kind of sinister, or perhaps not sinister, but some sort of organization that is using it as a kind of recruiting tool and a sort of uh, hypnosis program. You're being sort of subliminally programmed by the game to act on behalf of whoever made it or whoever's peddling it. And uh, the game sort of ends with you hacking into something, uh, presumably maybe some kind of opposing force to whoever has made superhot.exe and destroying their their base or their kind of mainframe and uh, in doing so becoming assimilated with superhot.exe now uh, it reminded me to that extent of the film Videodrome which is kind of the yeah. same thing uh, you know of a guy sort of being seduced into um, the television station Video television program, video drone. Filmed in um, my home city, Ed. Filmed in your home city of Toronto. Sorry, that continue. Uh, 
and I guess that you could sort of read into you know ideas of conformity versus rebellion and in you know the age of, of mass communication are any of our idea, any of our ideas really our own are we susceptible to received information so on and so on all of which to me are very sort of covered topics very sort of primitive very kind of boring things that I'm personally not particularly enthused about uh, in shooter stories in particular uh, and as I think it was Reed who said I think the story hurt this game a lot more than anything else um, Patrick what do you rake of uh, Superhot's narrative? Um, like I get what they're trying to do and I think that it's worth noting that that's largely because this game I believe in the way it was made for VR um, mm. I think that that's kind of apparent when you play it and you get all the weird visual stuff and the quote immersion stuff and I think that has a lot to do with it I think when you consider it as a VR game the idea of you know being assimilated or whatever into a seemingly sinister system kind of would add to the experience but playing it on a PC just as a as a shooter um, it was it was kind of neat in a sort of cute way but I didn't really derive anything meaningful from it yeah I I think like I, I said before I, I have serious problems with this narrative and, and that's not like rah rah I think this this narrative is bad and needs to be you know ripped down I, I think I actually come down the side of it being sort of uh, funny but it, it's it's hard to take seriously it just seems yeah. so kind of extraneous and I think it hurts the game in that it it is unnecessary and yeah, and that's it, exactly the right word. and it kind of almost damages your opinion of it in certain ways just because it's so rote in games at this point to do your kind of cute meta textual or meta narrative stuff where you're talking about well a game is programmed and you're a player and you're following the directions because that's what you have to fucking do in a video game is follow right. the directions and they're saying this says something about you when it doesn't that's like saying that reading a book is saying something about you because you keep following the letters yeah i i think that stuff is well trodden and should just be dismissed at this point um yeah but this game is like it's so self-aware in weird ways where you know, I think it has a sense of humor to it where I don't think they think the story's great. If that that that's just my impression is that they kind of seem like this is kind of a clever little thing. Let's throw this on here. Mm. So I wish they I wish they hadn't. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's necessary. I think what Patrick is saying is actually interesting. I was thinking about the VR stuff and I I think they're this would actually play better in in if you were kind of sucked into the world a bit more. Mm. Uh, well, I I, I personally think there's something really not really, but there is something patronising about games that kind of say, haha, you're just a mouse in a maze you're just following orders you, you you know, you're a pawn Cause yeah, I agree I, with I you, know, absolutely you know, I think that's really condescending because I know I am, I'm playing a fucking game like that's, that's, that's part of this arrangement yeah. yeah yeah, I'm I'm on board with that, I know um, it's like when you know, in the kind of recent crop of superhero films, and they sort of go like in Ant Man, he goes, "Oh yeah, I know it's a stupid name." It's like, well, I don't care. You're Ant Man. <laughs> I've come to see the film Ant Man. You don't have to point out the fact that it's not a stupid name. It's a superhero name. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't like that stuff either. I don't like that kind of meta texture or what does it mean to be following orders in a game because it was kind of a dull point to make in Bioshock and even that was, you know, nearly 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fine. You can, you can make that point one time and it's cute. Yeah, you can make that point one time and, and it yeah, and it might throw up a couple of interesting debate topics, but I think they've kind of disappeared and, and rightly so. And the other thing about Super Hot Story uh, is that it's it's vague and it's kind of uh, like highly metaphorical and um, opaque, but not in a way that I think uh, there's something more sophisticated going on. I think it's just opaque in a way of the writers didn't know what was going on either. And it's just sort of a mishmash of oh, what if this happened. There was one bit though that I did like, one kind of line of dialogue um, where you're sort of ascending into the mainframe and becoming part of super hot where they say uh, something like uh, it's only the mind that matters the body is disposable and when you're thinking about super hot as a game that prioritizes thinking as opposed to sort of reflex actions and twitch reflexes um, that seemed like a, a really sort of nice line you know uh, that's the game sort of saying that it's it's what you think about when you're playing a shooter that should really be important not just you know your ability to dispatch enemies and be this kind of like physical agent um, but apart from that yeah I, I think the story as Reed said is is, is unnecessary because it's just such a fun action blaster and I, I don't need to be sort of dragged away from it I don't think yeah I mean that's that's what I think too it's like I was saying before it's not it's not harmful it's not a story that I think is that, that you need to worry about in any way I don't think it mm. says anything of, of real substance um, but you, you just kind of want this game to just go you know you just want to mm. just keep running and, and not boot you out to a menu to give you these weird little text things that I don't think are very well written or funny or, or yeah. smart you know they're just kind of there yeah those those sections where it wasn't like an action scene and you were kind of trapped in a cell and there's like words appearing on screen or you're wandering through an environment and the, the game is sort of telling you something are really weak because all you want to fucking do is get into the next shootout because that's what the game is wonderful at um yeah it just didn't need to be there at all and um but yeah i i have to wonder where it came from um, whether there is some sort of pressure to, to oh, you know, we've, we've got to be narrative. We don't just want to be a shooter. We don't just be disregarded as like a shooter. But well, you you wonder if if it's just the idea of making something feel more complete. Mm. You know, I I actually think they could have done something interesting if they took out all of the text pretty much, except for when it flashes on the screen, and mm-hmm. and just yeah. kind of take you through the same things where you're still you know ascending to that mainframe. And you're still shooting yourself playing the game while in the game. And they did those things. And if they want to be opaque, just make it super opaque. And, uh, and you know, don't, don't try to take the person by the hand and help them mm-hmm. get to this narrative because it's not really worth doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would have just stripped it all out and just... Um... Yeah, all you get are those kind of pop-ups at the start of... There's, there's one, I think it was in the original demo, where you you know the, the level begins and you're kind of surrounded by people and there's like a briefcase on the table and the letters just pop up and you say, the deal is off. Yeah, yep. get, oh, it's such a great level. 
<laughs> yeah, and you 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 get a, that's that's a narrative, right? Or right? I mean, it's not much mm-hmm. of one, but you know, that's a context. Well, that's that all level. you really need, though, for a game like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Some of those are. And I think. Oh, sorry. No, no, I'll say I think I think that they should have just done that stuff. And some of those are actually great, though, considering kind of mm. how uh, how sloppy I think a lot of the actual chat conversations and so forth are. Which you can argue that they're meant to be because they're people typing on a computer. Um, but the the stuff that pops up is often pretty good. Like the the yeah. prison yard fight. This is the one that sticks out in my head, where it just flashes up on your first day. You have to fight. <laughs> and yeah. all the guys come rushing in and yeah. you know just these little action movie one liners I think is all you really need yeah absolutely absolutely I think that's that's really strong for a game like this um, just to give that little bit of texture to each shootout um, I'm not really worried what goes on between them um, well I don't know has anyone got anything that they'd like to add because I feel like we've been quite comprehensive really on this so far. I don't know if there's any other questions or sort of talking points that either of you two have. I like the Polish uh, pop song that plays at the end. Yes. I think that was good. Yeah. I meant yeah. to mention that when we were talking about how there's really no music and it's just computer sounds and uh, sound effects during the fights and then it smashes to that. That's all I have. I don't have anything interesting to say. That is, I, no, I was just thinking that really is the only sort of... Uh like music in the game isn't it mm. I, I think so it is yeah it, it reminded me a little bit of um, <clears throat> excuse me Kane and Lynch 2 because when you play Kane and, when you play Kane and right. Lynch there's, there's no music sort of in the game but when you drop back to the menu there's all these kind of like J-pop trashy you know songs playing over the menu um, would that be so sort of quite... would that be C-pop I suppose yes it would be C-pop yes. whoops Whoops, I had the impression that it was set in Tokyo for some reason, but it's not, is it? It's Shanghai. Come on, Ed. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I liked that as well. I liked that as well. Uh, what did you two think, actually, of the the hot switching mechanic that they introduced about sort of two-thirds of the way through, where you can jump from your body into an enemy's body? That was the one thing I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. But, um, again, it wasn't over-engineered in a way that I was kind of afraid it would be. So... Mm. I was actually feeling, and, and it was really, really fun to do. And again, it's kind of like if you think of Super Hot as a game about stringing combos together, um, that's a really good way to keep doing that, mm-hmm. um, and in a really unique way because we played lots of shooters where you can like shoot through walls or you know punch people off of roofs or whatever. Um, but the ability to like jump into a person's body, grab their weapon out of the air and keep going is really neat. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Reed, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with Patrick on that. When it first came up, it was the same thing I was worried about where I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop on the game and for it to try to complicate things more. And when that showed up, I was thinking, oh no, it's going to be sort of more puzzly or or really, really difficult all of a sudden. And it's not. It just lets you play around with the same ideas uh, with one new tool. Yeah. Um, it also works well too with the idea that you know when you're talking about the how it's all about thinking when they say the you know the bodies are disposable or the body is disposable it's you know about mind i thought that was good with this kind of just hopping around where you've come to a point in the game where you've mastered or you've excelled at all these other skills so now why not start kind of jumping around uh mm. from 
person to person. Uh, yeah, that could have been really bad, but it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they played it down enough to the point where you could more or less complete most of the levels after it's introduced without using it. Yeah. Um, and it's just there as a kind of, like you say, you know, another sort of <clears throat> tool in the in your toolbox. But I think that one of the reasons I maybe didn't like it so much is because it um, sort of encroached on what we were talking about earlier in this idea of sort of the balletic choreographed action scene. Yeah, that's true. It was like it was like an abstraction and sort of liberty that I think, yeah, interfered with what I was enjoying about the game, which was being this kind of lone action hero navigating his way through all these worlds of bad guys. It became um, more of a sort of superhero thing at that point, and um, it lost some of the sort of tangibility and the sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's a very sort of click-clack, step-by-step game, which, once you get into the hot switching, becomes a little more kind of vaporous. Um, and the replays become a bit more sort of confused, um, but still, it was yeah, it was played down enough. Um, again, I probably could have done without it, but nevertheless, it's uh, it's also brief enough to where I think I think it's only the last few levels. So you, it it comes at a time where it it doesn't take over the game. It's just sort of no, a, another thing to do, and I th- I think it works with what they're trying to do with the narrative and. I, I do see what you mean, though, about how it's it's a bit sci-fi for a game that's, uh, you know, uh, before that at its best about just being someone who is reacting very quickly to things when you look back at it. Yeah, yeah, it just felt a bit magical. I think the game did uh, quite a good job of, despite its very sort of magical central concept, feeling quite grounded and, um, you know, step by step. But It was all right, though. Yeah, yeah, it didn't it didn't bother me that much. It wasn't like I'm trying to think of like a, a sort of example of where this went really, really badly. Um, I feel like there's one game in particular where it's like a great sort of you know point to point shooter, and then they introduce something new. That and it I'm trying to think of this too because this happens a lot. It does, and I can't put my finger on one at the minute, which is surprising to me. I'm looking at my shelf now there's <laughs> one that stands out. Uh, but there's actually not. There must be something. But yes. Yes. There are there are games where everything's sort of proceeding quite well and then they introduce a new mechanic and uh, it makes it something lesser. You'll just um, you'll just have to trust us on this. Yeah, I guess you will. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have any examples, but you'll just have to trust us on <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we can't prove we can't prove that this happens, but it definitely does happen. I'm just gonna start doing this in articles too. I guess I guess the one example I can lift from looking at my shelf is the sort of invisibility power up in Deus Ex Human Revolution, um, which turns it from like a sort of corporate espionage game into something a bit kind of looser. Um, but that's not the best example. Anyway, yes, it does happen. There, it does happen. I promise. There is in one one game where it's actually used decently and it's not a very I don't think it's a great game but Modern Warfare 3 right at the end you get this like robot suit pretty much you get this big it's like a bomb defusal suit and you get mini guns and everything and you storm into a place uh, yeah. everything changes that's one example I can think of with this person hammering I was going to say <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that in the background of your place Reed? no it's not my place that's Patrick, me. Are you being? Are you? Are you getting hammered? I am literally right now. <laughs> Patrick's bored and he's just hanging. He's hanging paintings. I, 
I keep my hammer by my desk just to <laughs> just to <laughs> Patrick's sick of this conversation about super hot, so he just started banging his hammer on the desk. <laughs> just get some paintings up on the wall, man. Um okay, well I think that that does kind of pretty neatly wrap things up on super hot. Uh I think of out of the games that we've discussed on this show, it's been one of my favourites. Um yeah, I think we're kind of unanimously agreed that it's it's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know what? It's 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 the right length as well. That's something else I'll say for it. Because uh, there's so many games that sort of just drag their ass for hours and hours, but Super Hot is, is sort of brief enough, um, and I, I, I admire that a lot. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's the one thing I was going to say. Uh, it's just come to mind completely tangentially. Have either of you two played Vanquish? No, but I, it's this game made me think of that. Yes, Vanquish is dynamite, and it's very short, isn't it? It Vanquish? is. It is short, and uh, yeah, and I think a lot of action games could benefit from understanding why you won't want to watch a four-hour action movie. You know that absolutely right. That you can't you can't keep that momentum going all the time. You have to be very careful if you want to try to extend it to twelve hours or so. Yeah, yeah. Have to be very, very careful about pulling that off. Vanquish is on my sort of. I think it's the game I'm going to play next. Um, but yes, I think that save it. Let's action see. games. We should, we'll have to talk about that one at some point. I think action games do need to be shortly extended. Again, go back to Kane Lynch Two. I think Kane Lynch Two is a great length. I think the sort of campaign from the original Modern Warfare game is the right length. Um, yeah. Yeah, but there's there are a lot that don't seem to understand that. You know, after a certain amount of time, bang, 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 does get a little bit weird. Well, we talked about it, I mean, just to say briefly too, but back when we did an episode on Resident Evil 4, that's one of the few games I can think of that's that's long, a long action game that actually earns that length, where it, it's paced uh, very, very carefully so that yeah. you're you're not exhausted after playing it for an hour and a half. Yeah, you're doing one different thing after another in Resident Evil 4. And you're um, progressing towards something all the time. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 is the benchmark, I think, for action games still. It's the benchmark um, I use for graphics cards on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> if it can run Resident Evil 4, it's a good computer. And in the opposite direction, you have something like Far Cry 3, which is kind of like 40 hours of just, you just, know... Just crap. Just crap. Just as a crap game. Oh my god, how cr- far crap. Don't, far crap three. You giving away all the goods. We gotta. We'll record that. Sometime. I know. We, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I need to step back. Vanquish. You gotta. You gotta leave him wanting more. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. You know. Right. You know what I'm saying, listeners. You gotta want more. I left a pause there because I was waiting for the listeners to respond, so everyone at home can. That was a good shout. move. Yeah. Good move. Good move. Thanks. Okay, well, I think we will leave the discussion there. Um, and since we have decided, I think, to uh, change the bookends of this show, we won't reveal in audio what we're going to be playing next, but it will be uh, teased on the accompanying writing. Um, yeah, I mean, unless unless people are listening and, and they like that or something. The idea is to, if anyone wants to play a game in the two weeks between episodes before we talk about it, then that gives you time. Yeah. I don't know. People yeah. can tweet us and, and junk. We'll hear it. If people, if people have a suggestion, if people are like, oh, you should play this, then 
Far Cry Probably 3. game for that. Oh, we will do an episode on Far Cry 3. I know we will. Yeah, it's going to happen. And it'll be hellish. Because that game's down there with Battlefield Hardline. Mm, I don't know if it's that bad, is it? It's pretty not good. I, I think it's close. I think it's in, I think it's in the Hardline ballpark. <laughs> for me, at least. How many Hardlines um, out of ten does, does that game get? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ten Hardlines out of ten. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Well, in that case, I will sign off. Uh, I'm Edward Smith, and obviously you can find... Obviously? That's very arrogant thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> obviously, you can find me... Uh, I'm only saying obviously because we've recorded several of these shows by now and I'm assuming that people who have listened to them probably already follow me on the Twitter service but I am on there at most sincerely Ed and most of my writing uh, will go on there as well Read. I assume that most people who have listened to this have since unfollowed me on Twitter so <laughs> <laughs> so my Twitter if you want to get back in on the action get back in on the party of me tweeting once every two weeks it's at Reed McCarter and Patrick uh, you can find me on Twitter at Han Freakin' Solo that's everything you need to know and we will leave it there the only thing I have left to say is please remember to vote Trump and we will see you on the next episode don't do that not, not as a joke oh sorry don't vote Trump it's... for god's sake because he will kill us all that's what I meant to say sorry, sorry. Ed, sorry Ed I shouldn't influence your politics that way no, don't keep your politics out of my politics. <laughs> I want a political. I want an apolitical election season this year. Uh, yeah, an apolitical president is what I want. Remember when presidents just used to be fun? Yeah, I know. I know. What happened to the foot? Like Taft. Oh, Taft is such a crazy guy. Where's Taft when you need him? Hey, eh? Jackson. Those those crazy guys. Yeah, no politics there. No politics. No. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening, and please do join us again for another episode of Bullet Points. <laughs>